You're listening to the Firestorm Podcast. Well, we want to welcome you to today's podcast. This is the second part uh, of the podcast that we're doing with Meredith and Sarah, and we're just so pleased to have them with us, and we're talking about marriage. So we're going to, it's such an important subject that we want to continue. So I'd like to welcome Brenda Morrison and Meredith and Sarah. Glad that you could be with us again today. So let's start by kind of picking up where we left off. Um, So yeah, last week, Meredith was sharing on, you know, basically just giving up on your marriage and really, I think, probably not even knowing where to go from there and how to move forward. But why don't you just pick up, if you can, where you left off last week and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, So I was pursuing a divorce um, and I was ready because um, I'm not, I, I detest dragging feet. And my husband and I were exact opposites. So um, he was very uh, amicable, very agreeable to everything that I had wanted. And Um, you probably didn't want him to be agreeable. Well... Um, I was, it made it easy for me. Okay. It made it easy for me. I, um, sometimes a good fight makes it yeah. easy too. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. You know, he, he did, he did give, um, uh, no indication of, um, anything. So that's a lot of times hard to deal with. Um, well, sure. If I could, if I could just give a little caveat here that, Get throughout, some kind of emotion out of him. Yeah, you know. throughout our marriage, um, throughout our marriage, it was very, like I said before, it was very difficult to find anybody to relate to because everyone on the outside saw him as being a great guy, and he was, and he still is. I mean, he's there's nothing wrong with him. He doesn't have an anger issue. He's faithful. He's He works. He has all of his ducks in a row. He's great, you know, but he's just not home. There was no emotional intimacy. There was no connectivity. There was no um, opening up uh, to be friends. It was um, very uh, robotic and going through the motions in life, and and I just felt like I was dying. And after, you know, he had stated that he was, you know, like he was done, I felt like, oh, what have I been hanging on for so long for? What, what, what's the point? So I pursued it and we signed papers. And um, lo and behold, you know, I live in Las Vegas. I should be divorced in six weeks or less, three weeks. Um, they... The courier never dropped off the papers, so it delayed the divorce by a year. However, at the time, I had a really uh, rigorous schedule. I Were was, you staying together? Were you no, the no. Um, I had moved out in 2012, and then I had pursued uh, a, a different career on the side in addition to working full-time. So at the time, I was going through this season of 80-hour weeks, which I do believe that the Lord provided for that, just to kind of block me in to keep me rolling right, and not right, like right. meandering, protection. wandering. It was a protection totally for protection, you. Yeah. And um, so it was delayed a year. So we signed again uh, December of 2013. And um, that time, strangely enough, because of that rigorous schedule, we had sold both houses, and he had moved with my sons into a rental. And he's like, hey, you know, this house is really large. I have an extra bedroom. You know, you're going to school. Um, just, you know, you want to rent a room. And I said, sure. So I was renting a room, and 
even that, we still were not, we still didn't get our final papers back yet. But during that period of time, um, I was still feeling like I just want to move on. I don't want to be in Pleasantville. I don't want to be placated. I don't want to be on pause. I don't want to be in this like abyss of nothing, you know, like I need to close this chapter and move on. I was so uh, hungry to just move on and just breathe again and be done with this because it was just uh, very oppressive and just death for so long I wanted to get out of the valley of death per se and um, so finally we did get our papers um, in February of uh, 2014 and everything just dominoed I got the papers I moved out I uh, rented a house on my own and then my sister invited me to the conference and, and I, I didn't want to go <laughs> dug my heels in and I had such a bad attitude, horrible bad attitude, but mind you, nine months of 80 hour weeks, I didn't want one more thing to go to. Right. Right. I just wanted to breathe. Right. Just wanted to breathe. Just wanted to like be alone, breathe and just be done. But I went and, um, she had already bought my ticket. She, um, uh, gave it to me. I remember looking at it, being sat down on this table and just staring at it going, ugh, I have one more appointment to go to, you know. But I went. This is two days. <laughs> yeah. I went and um, during the worship at that, um, I, I, I was already in a place of, yay, the line has been drawn. drawn. I have turned a corner. I'm embarking on a new life, you know. I'm free to... Gosh, I'm just free to just Do pursue what whatever, <laughs> you know. I mean, I just was like, yay. And so I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, I'm free. I, what You know, and I'm listening to all these women's stories, and they're talking about how God has taken them on these wonderful, adventurous journeys and how everything that he's done in their lives. And I'm like, I haven't let you do anything because I have been in the way and I have pushed you to the back and I have said, step aside. I knew I'm very introspective I knew my attitude over all the years and uh, he said to me in that midst of his presence he said Meredith where are you your happiest mm-hmm. and I said oh my goodness I happen to be happiest with I'm with you and he's like uh-huh and that was a turning point I it sounds so simple but yet the Lord knows the key moments of yes, time he where he just says one small thing and you're like, oh, that's it. I need to be in your presence. I need to be in your presence. So that started a new journey, a new season where I just pursued him. I went home every day after work and it was, it was a time for just me and Jesus it was a wonderful time. Um, never knew the Lord like that before, ever in my life. Never experienced the closeness, the friendship, the intimacy, the the just every little turn and waking hour of just Him being right there and just feeling like, you know me, you understand me, you love me, you know, and um, I don't have to do this. Like, you you want to do things with my life. You want to take, you know, it was just the most beautiful season of falling in love. You hadn't felt yeah. that in a long time. I don't know yeah. that I had felt that, that ever. ever. 
actually. So it just really ever filled your heart. Absolutely it did. It yeah. changed my entire perspective. I often reference it as when I became a Christian. Right. Well, and what I what one thing that I'm getting from this, and I just want the listeners to understand this too, but she based it on one thing, one thing that she said, she said, my attitude. And so when you start to have the right attitude, then God can begin to do things with you. So a lot of time it's our choice. We've got to step into wanting that right attitude and then watch and see what God does. It was a letting go. Yeah. It was really because I had assessed my life and I said, Lord, I gave it my all. I tried. And obviously I I didn't get anywhere. Here's something that, you know, I'm just observing as you're talking and knowing, uh, you know, we as women, we want our emotional needs met. That is one of the biggest thing we as women need. We want those emotional needs met. Now, a, a man is entirely different. You know, he's the provider. Logical. He's logical. And when they say men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever it is, you know, it's really very, very true. But here's what I'm observing with you is that you allowed the Lord to meet your emotional needs. And when you found that intimate place with him, because that's what we want as women, we want intimacy. And so when you met with the Lord being intimate then really that's what changed your attitude. That's what changed everything for you. And I had, I had known that. I had been taught very well throughout the years of being in church, going to small groups, going to marriage, you know, that the Lord is the first to provide your needs mm-hmm. as a woman. And I basically pushed it aside. Right, and you forget that. You really do when you're going through right. strife and turmoil. You know, that's really the last, that's this kind of thing that you just kind of throw out because you're concentrating on the circumstances that are happening now. Right. You know. And it's, if I had, if I had known what I know now way back then in regards to spending time with the Father in the secret place and just letting go and just saying, you know what, I'm yours and you know my needs. You know my needs even more than I know my needs. So therefore, you've got to know something. I need to let go and let you provide for my needs. And I need to trust you. That is something I never did. I never trusted the Lord to provide those needs. Because you didn't trust men. Well, no, because I saw this man in the flesh and there was certainly no reason why we couldn't work this out. Why can't we work this out, humanly speaking? Well, we can't work it out, humanly speaking, because when the Lord is Lord of your life, he needs to be Lord of your life. He needs to be Lord of the marriage. Well, tell me what happened with the marriage. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got us in suspense now. Let's really? finish this story. She has to say it. And now the rest of the story. And now the rest of the story. Um, so I went to that conference, and that's what the Lord, um, I fell in love with the Lord, and I went, I, you know, like I said, I came home every day after work, and we, I went through this season of falling in love with the Lord. The Lord has a way of miraculously filling you up to where you have want for nothing. You literally have want for nothing. I remember saying to him in my living room, I don't care if I live paycheck to paycheck for the rest of my life. I do not care if I'm single for the rest of my life. I don't care if I rent for the rest of my life. I don't care if I even go never go to Europe. I don't care. I have you. You are so full. You are so magnificent, so great. You know, I mean, I just discovered how amazing God was, how great and vast he is, and how interesting, fascinating. I mean, seriously, the Dosecki's guy is not the most interesting man in the world. It 
is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the most interesting man in the world. He really is. And when you spend time with him and you stop and you listen, he is. So there was this moment after he was filling me, filling me, filling me, filling me, that I'm sitting on the couch and I'm just quiet. And the Lord says to me so clearly in this tone, you know, Meredith, I'm like, yeah, I am the God of reconciliation. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> and when the Lord says just a few words, you know you have almost your whole life flash before your mind. All these things flooded my mind. I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. <gasps> are you saying what I think you're saying? Oh my gosh, you used your son to reconcile us to you. You are big time big on reconciliation. That is your heart. I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking about the death, the death, the years of lack, the years of, of, of being lonely, the years of feeling neglected. And I said, because I came from that place of being filled with the Holy Spirit, I was like, you know what, Lord? I'll go back to that death. And I am no saint, mind you, okay? I like my needs met. I am a woman, and I can be narcissistic. I said, Lord, because you're so good, and because I know how I have experienced how much you can fill me up, I'll go back to that death if that's what you want. I will, I will do it if that's what you want. So what had happened was a couple weeks later, I had seen Paul, my husband, at um, our son's birthday party that was being held at someone else's house, a friend's house. And it just slipped out of my mouth. I said, you know what? Guess what happened? I was worshiping and I was spending time with the Lord. And he says, you know, Meredith, I am the God of reconciliation. And I remember looking at Paul's face and I said, isn't that funny? Isn't that amazing? And I remember looking at his face, and he looks down at me, and he goes, huh? It was like a dog. He, like, tilted his head and everything. It was like, it was like not computing. It was like, what? And I was like, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And something happened with me just saying that. And after I had said it, I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. But really, just saying that, Holy Spirit started working That's on him. That's right. That's awesome. And then a couple weeks later, I was concerned because he was not attending church because, you know, he was just in this hole of darkness of like, yes. you know, right. depression. It is a death for sure. Yes. You feel like your marriage is ending. Absolutely. It is. And so I invited him to our weekly prayer meeting at church. I was like, you know what? It's on a Friday. There's not many people there. Just come. He came. A miracle happened that night. God arranged for him to be there because there was a man there that he didn't know, that didn't know our situation. He was a new gentleman, and he was actually a pastor from the South. And he saw Paul sitting in the corner, and he was prompted to pray for him. He went and prayed for Paul, and I'm sitting there listening to this man's prayer. And this prayer was a word of knowledge prayer. Like the Holy Spirit was speaking through this man saying, you know, deliver him from, you know, the root of rejection, deliver this man from hurt and bitterness. I, you know, he needs to be set free now. It happened in an instant. It happened 20 years of bitterness and anger and depression broke off of Paul. In that instant. Amen. And we didn't know. You know, things unfold. You find out later, right, you know, right. it unfolds. And so that started this um, one thing led to another in the sense of like we started talking and we started talking about everything that was ugly in the past, things that we couldn't talk about before. And let me tell you, I cannot deny the amazing grace that God surrounded us with because 
we were not ourselves. Mm -hmm. This was not the normal conversation between Paul and Meredith. This was Holy Spirit grace surrounded conversations that the Lord was pulling all this stuff out and we were like making mends and amends and over things, you know, and the Lord was just filling our hearts with just understanding right. and and life and compassion on each other for all of the ugliness and the hurt and the pain over the years, you know, and the, the neglect and the mistreatment and just the Lord did this he amazing healing process over the course of June 2014. And by the time June was over, I said, Paul, we have to get remarried. We got to get remarried before June's over because this is our miracle month. This is our miracle month. And we need to mark in history this miracle awesome. month of June. So we did. We got remarried on June 30th at a drive-thru. And oh, it was wow. quite wow. fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then the honeymoon began. Yeah. So you hit on communication there. You yeah. know, communication, as we know, you know, if we've taken a class on marriage or anything, we we know it's priority in the marriage. You must be able to communicate right. one to, uh, with each other. And that's hard sometimes. It is It really hard. is. Yes. We have to be able to not allow the things to pile up. And that's what you were talking about. Things just, there was so much bitterness, so much rejection. Everything was piling upon each other because of a lack of communication would be a, a real reason why that happened. Right. And I think a part of that is, again, I'm going to reiterate again, you begin talking without the attitude. Yes. And I, let me add to that one more thing is that something I've learned since that time, the last couple of years almost, never communicate until you've communicated with the Father first. Yeah. Yes. When oh, you yeah. spend That's time, right. when you go in the corner or go Get in the closet yes. and you're like, Lord Jesus, fill me up. I need to be with you. I need to worship you. I need to, I need to sit in your presence, then communicate. Because right. you're always filled with That's that grace, and you, and then key. you always get that perspective from right. the Lord. You're not communicating in your human sense. Right. It's always good to communicate when you're filled up with the Lord. Absolutely. So you're on a new journey now, mm -hmm. and my guess is Paul has not changed really who he is. He's still that quiet guy. Mm -hmm. Meredith has not changed who she is. She's still an outgoing person, but God has worked on the heart and the right. deep things. And that is what has changed your marriage That's right. this time. Well, the perspective, you know, yeah. um, when you reside in time with the Holy Spirit, He changes your perspective, changes your view of what you think marriage should be right. and what your expectations are. And then you start putting all of your, you put all of your trust and you put all of your hopes and your dreams and your wants into the Holy Spirit's um, hands. Right. And you're like, hey... Lord, I want this for my marriage, so I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to go to you and reside in you for all of my lack, because that's what sustains you in the day-to-day -day life right. of the regular, normal human marriage. That's, that's what sustains you. And if that, if I did not know that, and like I told the Lord, if I can have you, if I can have your presence, I'll go back to that. Now, Paul is the same man, but see, the Lord is showing me why I am with this man. Mm -hmm. That I'm telling you, I can make a case for why we shouldn't be together. And I would win, humanly speaking. But the Lord, because His knowledge is above our knowledge, His ways are not our ways. He will show you when you spend time with Him the reasons why you're with somebody who you think you shouldn't be with. That's right. And it's fascinating. It's 
always fascinating to learn what the Lord's vision is and what his heart is. So my prayer today, I want to get back to Sarah, but if you're listening, my prayer for you would be to sit down and spend some time with the Lord. And we're going to pray before this podcast is finished today. We're going to have Sarah and Meredith pray um, over marriages that are tuning in. And, but I, I would just ask you to sit down and get God's perspective of your marriage rather than your own perspective. So, you know, getting back to you, Sarah, I want to talk a little bit about intimacy because you said that in the previous podcast, you said that you and your husband became roommates and you were satisfied with that. And I think Many times, you know, I think as we've been married, you know, any length of time, you know, there's times when, um, you know, everything is, how do I want to put this for a listening audience? (laughs) I have to be careful how I put this. But in the early stages of marriage, everything's on fire. I'll just say it that right. way. You know, and then you go through a new burn, season. Burn and love, as Alma yeah, says. A hunk, a hunk of burn and love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, we know that one. But then we go through uh, these different stages. And if our, we as women, if we are not having our emotional needs met That's many right. times, yeah. then we can actually... Uh, we can actually step back from our husband where intimacy is concerned. And that is a real danger area in the marriage when we start stepping back and separating ourselves. So my question for you, Sarah, is because how did you go from no intimacy into true intimacy? That's a tough question. (laughs) That's a hard one for a quiet gal. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just one word, trust. That's good. I yeah. did not trust my husband before. Uh, um, I lived with a lot of fear that I had to come to a place where I overcame that fear. Um, I had to go from being this person who was pretty passive, um, we had we took a personality test before we were married and found out that I was off the charts passive and he was off the charts aggressive assertive and we were warned before we went into that marriage that you know you might have problems you might yeah you're going to have some problems and so at the 14 year mark of our marriage I had finally gotten to the place where I couldn't handle it anymore. I was I was depressed. And um, I believe it was the Lord just opening my eyes to a lot of things, and I had to learn to start standing up for myself in my marriage. And because I was walking in um, in fear, I did not trust this man who I thought was the cause of my fear. Now the enemy the enemy of our soul is the cause of is the That's cause right, of fear right. and he mm-hmm. uses people and he had used my husband for many years. And so that time apart 
gave me a lot of breathing room and, and I felt a lot of peace, but it took coming back together, um, actually even just moving back in together uh, was a test, but the bigger test was when uh, the day after our original anniversary, which is actually in five days on April 25th. Um, Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Another April anniversary. Mine is this month, too. That's awesome. Um, so it because of the supernatural thing God was doing in my husband and in opening my eyes to see my husband in a new way, it allowed me, because I had built that intimacy with the Lord and trusted the Lord and felt secure in my relationship with the Lord, and now I was seeing David in a new way because I was seeing the great love that God had for my husband. Good. And um, so that just allowed me to take that to to take the step of becoming intimate again, and it has been completely different because um, I feel secure now. I feel I I trust him, and so right. I'm more open. Um, I'm freer, and he enjoys the benefits of that. Right. And mm-hmm. and I. Um, I can't say everything's perfect, but there is no perfect, perfect marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to work through something. Yeah. But it's completely different than our than producer it was. says his is perfect. So oh, <laughs> wonderful! That's awesome. Uh, Husbands are supposed to say that. No. Yeah, they <laughs> yes, are. They are. Uh huh. He's been trained well. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Trust is huge, and yes. you know we haven't hit on infidelity here today um and that's a big one you might be sitting out there um saying yeah but you know my husband cheated on me or if you're a man my wife cheated on me and that's when trust becomes a huge problem and we have to have trust in the marriage and when these things are broken down it takes time to build that trust back up but trust is a huge key in any marriage um, that is what I would call a productive marriage. You've, you've got to have trust. And I think it comes in a lot of different ways. Uh, you and I have both experienced some trust issues with uh, our husbands on different levels. But we've got to ask God to show us. And I think one of the things that both of you guys have said is that God gave you a new perspective or a new view, a new way you looked at your husband's differently. I think that's the key. And mm-hmm. it is a key. Yeah. So there's been a lot of things here today that I I think that we've just brushed on the surface of and we're running out of time again, but we want to pray, but here's one thing I want to say. Um you know, I was talking to the group of ladies today and I even talked to Debbie about this with you two. Um we in the future Um, You know, one of the complaints on the evaluation forms, if you will, is that, you know, we we don't like waiting a year until we connect again. And so we've really paid attention to that and said, what can we do that we can connect with these women? And so 
We've, Obviously, we've, we can't have a conference. Every we can't have a conference. conference. It oh takes my. us because it takes us nine months to plan right. for these big conferences. Right. So we're going to start doing three or four meetings a year. And you two Not are... Not conference type. No, just meetings where we're going to meet, meet in a church, church and we're going to have a subject matter. And um, our first one, I think, will be on soul ties. That was a, one of the workshops at the conference that... Um, you know, she had a she had a death. Her her dad died, and so she wasn't able to do it. And so many people felt like they needed that class. And so we're going to start with her, and then you know I can see you two doing a class on marriage. And that's why I'm saying, you know, God has only just begun to do some things through you, and I think you're going to just be blown away with what He's going to do. Right. Even these podcasts. There's people out there listening today that their marriages are in trouble, and you're going to give them hope. Somebody gave you hope, you're going to give, give somebody that. else hope. Right. And, and my feeling is, if we go through things in the natural, if we cannot minister through those things, then what good did it do to go through it? That's right. So my marriage had some challenges in it, and I've always chosen to minister from that painful place into this is what God did with us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just really appreciate you guys coming on the show for a second time to share. And I'd like to end this podcast with both of you praying over marriages. Right. Okay. I'll start. Heavenly Father, we just, we just come to you today, Daddy God. And I just lift up every listener who is listening right now and all of everyone who represents a marriage that is in trouble or um, any woman who's hurting, anyone who's in a dark place. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just deposit hope into their hearts today. I ask you to give them courage to believe you, God, that you are the God of the impossible that there is no marriage that is hopeless. There is uh, no darkness that is too dark for you to light a new way for them. I ask you to open their eyes to see uh, with your eyes, Lord. To give, I just ask you to give them new vision, new lenses, Lord, corrective lenses to see their marriage in a different way. To see that there is hope and that if they'll just reach out their hand to you and take that step of intimacy with you and just receive everything that you have that you want to give them, Lord. I ask you to just reward that faith, that step of faith that they take today. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for marriage. Lord, I just, I thank you for marriage. Even when I didn't understand it, even when I didn't want it, I thank you for marriage. Lord, I just ask that you would impart new vision, new perspective on people that are ready to be done, the people that are ready to just walk away. 
Oh, Father, you know every single secret. Mm -hmm. Um, You know every single hurting heart that doesn't talk about it, Lord. You know, and Lord, I just ask, Father, that every single hurting heart would begin to turn to you, to trust you, to uh, rely on you, to... uh, Lord, I just ask for a resolve, a resolve to determine that that women and men alike would say, you know what, Lord, you you design marriage. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to I'm going to pursue you, and I'm going to uh, continue until I get an answer, until I get wisdom, until I get direction. I am going to continue and not be so flighty and so quick and so ready to just move on. Oh Lord, I just pray for that resolve. I pray for peace over households, Lord. I just pray, Lord, for new um, avenues of, of um, hope to be instilled in men and women's hearts and minds. Right. Lord, you are the author of miracles. You can do the unthinkable. You can do the impossible. You can do the impossible. History doesn't matter. 30, 40, I don't care if it's even 50 years. Lord, it doesn't matter to you because you can turn things on a dime. Yes. You are that kind of a God. And I thank you for being that way. I Thank you for being so amazing. Lord, I just pray these things in your precious son, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We just want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, We appreciate uh, Meredith and Sarah, you being with us and giving us your hearts. Lord, it was just wonderful. And we thank you. And if you have any questions and would like to maybe get a hold of them or contact our website at glvwministries at gmail.com. Dot com, I'm sorry, glvw.com. That's our website. If you want to email us, am I doing it wrong? Yes. Okay, let Brenda say it. Sorry. It is glvwministry at gmail.com. Not plural, just ministry. And our website is glvwm.com. But the best place to connect with us is through the Gmail address. Right. So we hope to see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. God bless. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast. Our email is firestormpodcast at gmail.com. Please contact us if you have any questions or comments or just want to be a part of the conversation. We will see you next time. The show you've just heard is part of the Streams of Many Waters podcast network.